At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Welcome into a numbers game. Day February 20th, the day after President's Day. We hope everyone enjoyed their President's Day holiday. The- Program, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Jared Smith in for Gil Alexander today. Kelly Bidlin along with us as well. We've got a great show. Kelly did a great job booking this show here. Uh, the Tuesday numbers game crew is stacked. We'll have Drew Dinsick coming up um, in this hour. Talking a little NBA. We'll get set for the second half of the regular season. Also, Jim Root uh, with the Three Man Weave podcast. They do a great job covering the college basketball landscape. We'll talk a little college hoops. I had a nice winner last night. Barely. Skin of my teeth with Iowa State, but hey. Counts as a win, nonetheless, and then we'll finish things up um, in our final hour uh, with Paul Carr. Chanting, if you're into the footy, into the uh, the action on the pitch, it is heating up today. Um, but I, I think a good place to start, Kelly, is is what we saw yesterday transpire in the NFL. Right, the NFL offseason lasted like a week, uh, and now we are starting to all of a sudden hear um, rumblings from not only coaches. Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, new GMs, new personnel, but disgruntled players as well starting to chime in. And it's always intriguing to me, Kelly, when when, when players use social media to kind of lash out. And the story I'm referring to um, took place late last night when news started to trickle through the, uh, the sphere, the NFL sphere, that Justin Fields has unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh at these stories. We were talking about it before the show. Like, we know the Bears, they have all of the cards. They've got the assets. They've got the number one draft pick. They've got a decision on their hands regarding their quarterback that's entering year four of his rookie deal, which is kind of the year that you turn into a pumpkin. So, we didn't know how the vibe was going to be this offseason. Again, it took about eight days for it to start to turn negative. And Justin Fields unfollows the Bears on Instagram. And I don't want to, again, overreact to this story. But to me, it is always interesting how these players use social media as kind of this vehicle for what they want. But 
I don't think they always realize how it comes off. When you saw yeah. this story, and I texted you the second I saw it last night, I said, this, is, this cracks me up. We got to talk about this. What was your initial vibe? Uh, oh, man, here's another one. <laughs> I think it's that, but it is. It's what you're talking about. I mean, it's their way. And like, we're, in a, we're in a different era of media, too. And we, we have see so many players that have their own podcast. That, that is a that, very good point. Spe- they have different ways to speak directly to the fans and fan bases and, and you know, management, owners, right? All of that. And I think it's all kind of together, whether, whether we see... The you know the the unfollows or the follows or the random tweets like the hourglass from LeBron a couple yes, weeks LeBron ago is known for this or hopping on your own podcast and making your statements very clear yes. about what you want like I it would is, prefer that right, me too it's just it's it's everything in this huge the in everything in between from podcast to, to 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 unfollowing people and some of it you're left trying to decipher what they mean more than others agreed I, I think the podcasting the the new wave is and i think new heights the kelsey podcast is kind of the gold standard yeah. of this right now um we're seeing cam newton who's not a current player former player kind of have it and i guess jason kelsey might be a former player soon but travis kelsey of course so, uh, still certainly is a current player I, I i think the social media stuff is these kids i mean let's be honest justin fields what 24 years old he was born in this century. I think he's, if not, you know, one year prior, he's basically born in either 99 or 2000, as I would guess. 99. There you go. Get it together, Yeah, Jay. I mean, God, a whole year off. <laughs> but he's a, he's a gen, is he gen alpha or is he gen Z, right? I know the new one is gen alpha. And that one is like even more twisted and sick than the Gen Z. I'm an elder millennial for those interested, right? I'm about to turn 38. Actually, next week I'm turning 38. But hey, happy, happy early birthday, birthday buddy. to me. Yeah. Um, I am an elder millennial. So for me, social media, right? I always tell this story. All the elder millennials do. I was on Facebook when you still needed a, a, a college email to get in, right? So that's how I view social media. It's about connecting with people. It's about staying in touch with people. I'm more of the Facebook generation than anything else. Justin Fields is generation and younger. They use social media as a direct communication tool in a very passive aggressive way. And I don't know how this is going to play out over the summer, but the, sh- the first shot was fired across the bow by Justin Fields last night. I don't know if he planned this out with his agent or his people, but it was calculated when you unfollow. And I've done it before. I've done it with, relationships. I've done it with personal friends. When you delete someone from social media, you are making a statement whether or not you do it outwardly or you just hope that nobody notices. Well, when a professional football player does it, everyone is going to notice. The Bears, of course, have the number one pick. We don't know what their win total is yet. They are a deep deep sleeper at the bottom of the odds board. Of course, they will get Matt Eberflus back in the saddle. It'll be Shane Waldron the former Seahawks offensive coordinator now coming into Chicago. I don't know what Shane's feelings are about Justin Fields. I don't know what Shane's feelings are about Caleb Williams. Of course, the Bears hold all the cards at the top of the draft. Throw Drake May's name in there. If you really want to get weird, Jaden Daniels. And if you really want to get weird, J.J. McCarthy. Although, according to Jim Harbaugh, uh, J.J. should be the first quarterback. He should be number one. Taken in the draft. So that would be an easy choice for the Bears, right? To take JJ. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did get the report yesterday from Albert Breer over uh, uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer about talking about um, 
you know the Bears have received trade interest and that they were, of course. They, you know that they've, uh, you know, they have I mean, the number one pick. It, I would assume they've received right. a lot of trade interest. And they, apparently, there have been some chats down at the Senior Bowl, but you know, I, I don't. It'll really, pick up next month at the Combine or whenever. I think it's the end of this month yeah. or soon in the next couple of weeks. I, I, I doubt that's a. I doubt that's what Justin Fields is responding to. But I I, it's got to be the writing's on the wall, man. Yes. I, I think the. I think when we talk about this first overall pick, it's just. It's all finances and it's tough, but it is all finances, right? Like there is, as long as you think that the possibility of Caleb Williams and Justin Fields are anywhere in the same realm of, of player, then it's move on from Fields and you go to Caleb Williams yep. because you get to reset on a rookie contract. And it's just, it, it's too easy for the Bears to make that call unless they really think that Caleb Williams is somehow way worse than Justin Fields. It's the only way that, that I think this would change. I think it's impossible to know which one of those two is going to be the better long-term decision. I think the upside, right? It's there's more unknown with Caleb Williams. With Justin Fields, the Bears have had him on their st- on their roster now for 3 years. They yeah. know exactly what he is and my guess is, this is me guessing, right? This is me speculating on the social media speculation. Justin heard some things from those trade talks from the behind the scenes from his agent and his agent probably said, you know what, Justin, I think they're going to move on from you. And that's why he said, well, I can't control that. But what I can control is who I follow on social media. Again, putting yourself inside the mind of a 25-year-old professional athlete is probably the hardest thing we do here on this network and any person who handicaps sports. Any person who is on the outside of the circle trying to put their brain on the inside of the circle. Nonetheless, a 25-year-old athlete who has gone through a lot of ups and downs. I mean, yeah. frankly, it's been a long journey for Justin going from Georgia to Ohio State. Now, of course, the issues he has he's had in Chicago, he's had a brutal record win-loss-wise. And I'm assuming this is just him controlling what he can control. He can't control what the Bears do with the first pick. He can't control if they decide to pull the trigger on one of these trades. But in a very passive aggressive way, he can control who he follows on social media. And obviously, based off of his view of the world and our view of the landscape, it's going to be news and it is going to spark this maelstrom of 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 tweets of people commenting about it. And of course, us here on networks trying to figure out what the Bears are going to do for very different reasons. Why? Well, you can bet on the draft. You can bet on the NFL. And of course, the win totals, all of those things with the Chicago Bears are very, very relevant as they hold all the cards heading to a very interesting offseason. And it's ironic. Isn't the draft in Green Bay? I think it's in Green Bay. It, I, I never it, know this every it's, year. It's in like a really weird city. Detroit, Detroit. Detroit. Thank you. So, but still, it still holds firm. The draft is the Bears hold the cards for a draft that's in a rival city. <laughs> it is a very unique. I, I thought Green Bay was it, but maybe in the future they'll have it in Green. I, I thought Green Bay was on the list, but yes, Detroit, man, Detroit in late April. Have fun. Um, going to that draft. All right. Um, a couple other things on the docket. And, and uh, again, 2025 Green Bay. So Detroit and Green Bay and back to back years for the draft. Yeah. How do they do that? Where were you? Or like, is it's that the tour of the NFC? Right. North. Yeah, yeah. Is Minnesota next? Like, how does that work? Well, Minnesota just said, did, didn't Minnesota just have it? I thought, didn't Minnesota just have something? Maybe they just had a Super Bowl recently, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Patriots Eagles Super yeah, Bowl, right? Super Bowl wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah the Patriots Eagles yeah, Super Bowl when they first opened that stadium. Um, again, the NFL, it, the offseason lasted eight days. I, I thought last night that was like the first 
news wave we got of player disgruntled making his own thing. It's the first of many. We're just getting started, and the NFL offseason, it never sleeps. It lasted again about a week. Um, congrats to William Byron, won the Daytona 500 yesterday. I saw Steve Mackin and actually had that on his uh, sheet. Yeah. He did a column, and that was one of the uh, racers that he had. I didn't watch the race, but I saw a lot of I heard, saw a lot of wrecks on, on, on social media. A lot of wrecks. I grabbed a piece of William Byron live, nice. so that was nice. I, I, I Live betting Daytona is just so fun. I, I just I, wait for the wrecks. and <laughs> try to pick up long numbers. Hope, hope your guys get through the wrecks and are able to restart. Well, wasn't it like a photo finish on like the restart? So there was, what, it was like what? I mean, I don't know all the NASCAR rules. There was one, I, one, I, no I believe there was one full lap still remaining, Jared, but then there was a massive crash crash that occurred basically as they came across the finish line to start the last lap. So they just called the race then. He won under caution, whatever that, whatever the hell happened. I win a lot of my races under caution too. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll recap a wild night on the ice and also some baseball plus college hoops fix on the other side, a numbers game. Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Numbers game on v the sports betting network. All right, we're looking for a betting edge on college basketball. VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro. Subscribe today. That's VEASAN.com slash pro. little breaking news coming in. Yeah, what do we got? Matthew Slater will be retiring. Matthew Slater, special teams ace of the New England Patriots, yep. decided that Bill Belichick's being being gone is just too much for him to bear. So decide, I'm joking. I don't know if that's why he's retiring. But The, the most well-known non-kicker 100%. special teams player probably has to be. Besides Returner. Don Beebe, maybe that's the only other guy I can think of off the top of my head that has like the special teams acumen 
of a Matthew Slater. Um, speaking of fantastic acumen, our next guest certainly has that. Um, he is the host of the Deep Dive Podcast. You can find his work, of course, at NBC Sports. Betty is Drew Dinsick. Follow him on social media at Whale underscore Capper. Drew, it's uh, great to talk to you, pal. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you through this avenue. Um, so I'll just get a quick update. Have you washed the stench off you from Sunday's All-Star Game just yet? <laughs> well, it's great to uh, great to see you again, and uh, been a, yeah, been a while, and uh, appreciate the kind words off the top there. That was very, very nice of you. Um, NBA All Star Game, uh, didn't watch it, <laughs> didn't miss anything. Um, although, like in the aftermath, I did, and actually, like I had a small bet on Halliburton MVP, uh, All Star Game MVP, so I was kind of following the box score. Sure. Um, while I was living my life, and uh, <laughs> and I was like. I, for like first half, I was like, Oh, Oh, we're live. Like uh, East wins this side. He, you know, he has a good case. Uh, but it turns out the handicap for the NBA all-star game is pretty straightforward. Now uh, pick the player who takes the most shots on the winning go. team. Uh, and I did not have Dame Lillard taking whatever he took 40 shots in that game. Uh, and uh, I know ultimately it was kind of a, just a, a hot mess on really the whole weekend was a hot mess. Although like, there were people kind of complaining about the light up floor for the Saturday skill stuff. Now, I, hey, you want to do something weird, different? You want to light the floor up? Go for it. <laughs> like, honestly, uh, you know, the dunk contest was super duper stale. I uh, don't understand the scoring there at all. Like, uh, really, really like, you know, yeah, I don't think the guys who are doing the scoring understand the scoring. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, and, you know, the, the highlights were probably, uh, you know, tr- you know I, I, I was, uh, uh, intrigued, interested, excited, maybe even about the uh, change in format for the rising stars, especially because this year's rising stars had so many just really high profile young players that you wanted to see play with other players. And uh, it was an interesting format, although the uh, the G League team kind of snuffing Wimby's team in the uh, semis was, you know, was kind of a disappointment because you wanted to see, uh, you know, the two best teams go against each other in the final. But anyway, uh, it was a uh, it was a weird weekend. It was a fine break uh, for just betting the NBA in general. it can be a grind this time of year, surely. Uh, and, uh, you know, that said, I always hate the all-star break for personal reasons. My, you know, my strongest edge in the NBA comes from just player level and team level fatigue and the all-star game all-star weekend resets that hard reset for every team. So there's no longer an advantage coming out of this. Um, but it is still a good time to kind of take a giant step back, take a look at, uh, you know, what you know about these teams, you know, just in general, which players have really taken meaningful steps forward over the course of the season, how you're rating, uh, you know, certain, certain teams, certain lineups, trying to figure out which teams understand who their closing five is, is kind of important at this time of year. And, uh, and then, uh, kind of taking some of that knowledge and, uh, trying to pick away at some of the, um, uh, awards markets, pick away at some of the futures markets. So that's mostly my process over the last week has largely been thinking about how will the rest of the regular season play out? What implications are those going to have for the voters and the awards? Uh, and then, uh, just in general, starting to kind of soft price, what I think some of the, uh, you know, likely playoff matchups are going to be, uh, what I would make them and what I think market will make them so that I have kind of a, a little bit of a head start on, uh, you know, just in general, taking sides in some of the series coming up in uh, April. Yeah. It's always interesting. I think when we get to this natural resting point in the market to see how, you view the rest of the teams going forward. So let's start with the awards markets. Let's start with the MVP. 
Jokic, the odds on favorite right now. Um, I think a lot of that, too, is is just because of Embiid not being able to, you know, meet the requirement of, of number of games. So you look at this list. Is there another player on this list that can challenge Nikola down the stretch? I mean, obviously, SGA is the next one up, but you've got some big names. Giannis, Luka, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, these are guys that are stars on their respective teams. Can any of them catch the Joker? Yeah, uh, I think yes. And honestly, I, I don't. I don't think the market is correct in having Jokic this meaningfully favored over SGA. I think that is a pretty narrow uh, two-man tier uh, at the top of this market. Um, and the case for SGA is like extremely straightforward. Like he's the most efficient player playing right now with Embiid out, and he's playing on a team that likely gets the one seed. Like there are many examples of that player winning MVP. <laughs> like that yeah. happens a lot. Uh, and so I think if the Thunder continue to win, SGA's case is just going to continue to get better. Uh, and honestly, like the Nuggets have kind of, are kind of in a little bit of a funk right now. Uh, you'll remember last year, kind of they had the one seed pretty clearly locked up by this time of the calendar. Uh, and they did a little bit of a lull in March. Uh, and that was really kind of what shook Joker's case last year. Um, and honestly, like they kind of can't even really afford to have a March lull this year they need to play better basketball uh they need to get healthier like the nuggets right now are pretty clearly positioned to go for you know to land in the four seed uh which means you could draw a first uh, round matchup against the suns which is not fun um you know you could definitely find yourself on the road in the uh, second round on the road in the western conference finals and you're giving up one of your biggest advantages of trying to repeat as western conference championships if you're not making teams come through denver so <laughs> like i i really am surprised that the the Nuggets are playing this lackadaisically. Uh, and I think ultimately seeing them as a four seed or if they could slip even further, if we're being honest, like they have a tough schedule remaining, like they could definitely find themselves down in the, uh, you know, on the road in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, that that definitely impacts their title chances. But even more so, like I don't think anyone's dying to give, uh, you know, Jokic uh, the MVP again, uh, if, if that's the situation they find themselves in. So uh, for me, at least Denver is beatable. Um, and, you know, excuse me, Jokic is beatable in this market. SGA should be about co-favorite with him, if not small ahead uh, by my numbers. And so um, I think that's probably the easiest and most likely correct bet in the market. Now, the guys you mentioned who could run him down, Giannis is kind of the one I had circled, but I'm losing a little bit of faith, hope, steam, whatever. I, that That's kind of fading because I just don't see the Bucks playing uh, well enough uh, team basketball to clearly cement the two seed right now. The Cavs are playing too well. Uh, the Knicks are playing too well. Uh, although the Knicks, by the way, are, are hurt and starting to fade. So Milwaukee might have the three to themselves clearly. But, um, you know, without without getting kind of closer to the Celtics, I think Giannis in the, in the Bucks case is a little tougher. All that said, Giannis does play a ton of really high profile games. Uh, in the month of March and April. So he's going to have a lot of uh, primetime exposure. If he does what he does, like he played against the Nuggets where, uh, you know, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Joker and just buries him, then, you know, maybe his case gets a little bit more interesting as well. But uh, SGA would be the look there. And and I think everybody else is, uh, you know, has enough cracks that they're they're probably drawn dead outside of maybe Luka. Uh, but, you know, his, his team needs to start they need to put together just a hellaciously awesome stretch of winning basketball. Uh, and if you think they're going to do that, then you're just better off betting them game by game than taking Luca 11 to one, in my opinion. Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question that I've been uh, doing a great job of avoiding answering for the most part myself. Uh, six man of the year. Who the hell's winning that award this year? <laughs> hey man. <laughs> 
what is going on with this market? Uh-oh. Like this is like, there is no way there is no way that this should be some sort of two way race between monk and, and Tim Hardaway. Wow. Like I am, I am stunned uh, at the kind of confidence that players have in these two, two players being at the top of the field for me, the bet is clearly Norm Powell. I think the Clippers and Norm Powell's role is starting to solidify with the, you know, kind of the new rotation. He's in the closing lineup. He has started zero games, albeit he has played in every single Clippers game this season. Uh, that was something that was held pretty clearly against uh, quickly last year. Yep. So, you know, the, the fact that uh, Norm Powell is kind of performing the classical sixth man role uh, and that he, uh, you know, he's playing on a team that is that is winning basketball games. And, and he is closing these games. And um, I don't know if Kelly, if you remember this, but right before the uh, the all-star break, uh, Clippers played uh, against the Warriors uh, right, you know, right at the close there. And uh, they were getting buried uh, in the first half of that game. Uh, we go, we go to halftime. Everybody on the East coast tunes out, goes to sleep. You know, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's paying attention. Everybody assumes the Warriors when you wake up the next morning and the headlines are literally Norm Powell, Norm Powell carries the Clippers to a fourth quarter comeback. <laughs> It's like, hey, man, you do that a couple more times. You're going to win six man of the year. And so him, his price in sort of the uh, 11 to one range is where I got involved. He's like plus eight. He's like 800 uh, plus 750 right now. I think that's still a bet. Uh, and uh, you got to be on a winning team to win six man of the year. Malik Monk could find himself in a nine ten play in. So uh, just keep that in mind. Our sixth man of the year, Drew Dinsick. Catch him on NBC Sports Bet, host of the Deep Dive Podcast. Of course, follow him on social media at whale underscore capper. Always great to talk to you, pal. What an outro. Best of luck, man. <laughs> Love you, bro. Great stuff. Uh, on the other side, college basketball. we got Jim Roop coming up at the top of this hour, but I got a couple picks to get to before we ask Jim for advice. So maybe I'll give out some picks, and then Jim can tell me if I'm smart or dumb. Hopefully it's the former, not the latter. Numbers game. Peace in. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Power number two of a numbers game powered by Kids Sportsbook. I am your host, Jared Smith, in for Gil Alexander. Today, he will be back. Is Gil back tomorrow? A week, a week from today. A week from today. So you get another. Cavalcade <laughs> rotating. Benny yes, Wilson. Host. Benny oh, Wilson. Ben Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, ben ben and I, I'm excited. Ben Ben and I have got a big show coming up this Saturday and every Saturday going forward. Um, uh, live bet Saturday. Ben and I are going to be in the saddle um, for the foreseeable future. In the saddle right now is our guy Jim Root of the Three Man We. Follow him on social media at Second Chance Points. Always great to catch up with you, Jim. Um, college basketball. Listen, we are here. Super Bowl's over. That means all the, all the football fans are flooding back into the college basketball basketball you got to work a little extra harder to get that number huh that's the goal man you try to get as much value as possible yeah there's more opinions coming into the market so sometimes i even uh, am surprised by a move where i feel like over the first couple of months you kind of get a sense of all right market's probably going to go this way with the game but because there are more people coming in and people with stronger money I, i do think there's some sort of surprising moves that have made the market a little bit harder to read but 
it does it does uh, leave some entertainment value to be had. I'm just trying to read the board as much as possible. <laughs> I always find it funny because the overnights are something we like to look at and chat about, and and some of the moves are very intriguing. Um, what have you seen with your Missouri Tigers? They are a double digit home dog tonight facing Tennessee. Of course, we've heard the narratives, the um, the trends, the top ten teams on the road have really struggled this year. Straight up, thirty seven and thirty seven for those top ten teams against unranked opponents on the road this year. Do your Tigers have a chance to upset the Vols? No, no, they do not. This is a <laughs> this is a nightmare season for Mizzou. Uh, yesterday, the athletic director left for Arizona for a cheaper salary and a arguably worse job. Not in the SEC. I, I think this this uh, not the full athletic programs in panic or anything, but given the fact that Mizzou hasn't won a, an SEC basketball game this year, it's just not a great sign with everything that's going around uh, around Columbia right now. They did battle over the weekend. Uh, they actually had kind of a game effort against Mississippi, but they're two and twelve against the spread at home this year. There's basically Ooh. no juice in that building. It's been really bad, man. They're like bottom ten in the country wow. in, uh, against the spread record. And Tennessee's been dominant on the road. The offense has lit teams up. It, this is a stat that kind of blew my mind, Jared. Tennessee road games this year they played eight. They're seven and one to the over, and they're going over by an average of 18 points a game wow. over those eight. And there's there's no overtimes involved there, so it's not like it's skewed by that. Uh, they just it, maybe not as sharp defensively, but the offense has been there. They've been willing to get up and down. Uh, so I do lean the over there, but I'm also going to lay it with Tennessee. I, I just think they can name their number in this game. Mizzou has been a train wreck, like I said. And, you know, given the fact that maybe they've rolled over a little bit, despite a stronger effort over the weekend and getting Sean East back, it, Tennessee's still right in the picture for a one seed. They know style points matter. I, I think they blow out Mizzou. Mm. Might have to put that uh, the flag upside down, right? That's usually what you do when Missouri <laughs> loses a game. It's the- true, man. I actually do need to get that going again. <laughs> I remember that was a thing a couple years ago. I, I bring it back, Jim. Everything that's old is new again. All right, um, UConn and Creighton, great game tonight uh, in the Big East. Of course, I think UConn has kind of deserved to uh, ascend to the top of the college basketball futures rankings, futures odds, as, as they've kind of taken control um, of the country over the last couple of weeks, Purdue falling off a little bit. But tight line tonight on the road at Creighton. This is a revenge game. UConn won the first game uh, in stores. What should we make tonight in Omaha? And I, I just think UConn kind of asserts itself tonight. There is like, you know, the, the talk of how Purdue lost. Now is UConn really going to like completely assert themselves as the team? Obviously, they blew up Marquette over the weekend. I think they take advantage of this, uh, this kind of narrative chance and just stamp the uh, definitively. We are the number one team in the country. Rise to the number one uh, overall seed. I think there's still some debate of whether it's Purdue or, or UConn just because of resume stuff. But after this quality road win, I, I kind of think UConn gets up there. Creighton plays that drop coverage with Kalkbrenner. They let you get into the mid-range area. And Tristan Newton, Cam Spencer, those guys are going to dominate in that area. Newton's terrific in that range. Starts to pull in some, some more help if Creighton uh, has to get outside their defensive comfort zone and actually bring more than two to the ball in those ball screens. That's when UConn can really start to thrive. Uh, it, it basically turns into a shooting competition against Creighton. We call them the jump shooting Jays because they love to get in <laughs> just shooting competitions. And I think we see that again, but I, I trust UConn to make those shots. It's going to be a great home environment. I think they're doing a stripe out uh, in Lincoln or in, in Omaha. So yeah, blue section, white section, blue sure. section. And uh, it'll be great. But I, I, I think UConn just kind of shows that they're better and that there's not enough athleticism in that Creighton defense to bother UConn to the extent that you need to.
quick follow-up, is there still value at the top of the futures market with UConn? Like, that number is going to keep getting shorter. I saw plus 115 to make the Final Four at Circuit. My guess is if they win this game, not a lot left other than that game at Marquette down the stretch for them to, you know, fall back a little bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of the quandary I'm in here. I've got a great portfolio of futures, but the one team at the top I don't have any yeah. of is UConn. And now I'm like completely settled in and resigned to the fact that they're the best team and the clear favorite. And I'm like, man, I wish I had some sort of investment on them. And I, I've been going back and forth, Jared, if I should, should get a little bit on there as like a hedge to my portfolio. But uh, I haven't done it yet. And like you said, I don't think the price is going to get any better. So I, I might just have to be blindly hoping for an upset in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, even if let's say they lose this game tonight, even if they get blown out tonight, I just I don't see that number uh, dropping down too considerably just because of who else is out there uh, at the top of the heap right now. It certainly looks like UConn is the best team in the country, maybe Purdue right there. But definitely those two teams. Um, a Big 12. This is it's always interesting when these big 12 traditional Big 12 teams go to a new Big 12 environment. And this Big 12 environment in Provo is unlike anything else because it's altitude and it's Utah and it's just a weird place to play. Baylor on the road tonight um, catching four now. Again, you've seen BYU be the favorite bet out uh, against Baylor. Does that surprise you with the Cougs? Yeah, I just like general looking at these teams, my, my power rating, I would make it a lot closer to pick, but I think you got to give a ton for home here. Baylor going from West Virginia and the Eastern time zone all the way over to their first trip to altitude here with, with BYU's home court advantage. It's going to be a terrific, terrific environment at the Marriott center. I, I think that the line has definitely accounted for that increased travel and going sure. to altitude, but I still do do lean to BYU. They shot like garbage at Oklahoma state over the weekend Feels like a nice get right back at home spot where they've been really, really good all year. I think something like 11 and four against the spread. I got to verify that, but uh, really, really good home team. And now given that tough travel spot for Baylor, you get a little bit of the sell high on Baylor by low on BYU. I, I think a lot of the, narratives and stuff point to it. And then so did just some of the straight handicapping angles. Yeah. I, I laid three with BYU last night, right before that thing jumped to four, I think three and a half still a fair bet. I, I saw a couple three and a half floating out there. Um, SEC action, Texas A&M revenge game for them. Um, lost to the must bus uh, back on January 16th by a point. And now they're, they're laying double digits tonight at home in college station against Arkansas. What's your vibe here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lay it at home here with, with A&M. Uh, they've lost two in a row, now back home in front of the home crowd. Uh, the two losses were on the road. Uh, again, I think kind of like a get-right spot here. Arkansas has been shorthanded. The lineups have been really weird for Musselman. He's playing some of his starters like five minutes and then going heavy bench lineups the rest of the game. Seems like he's still trying to throw stuff at the wall, figure out what works. I, I'm not going to say Arkansas has quit because they have been a little bit competitive recently, but it's just not a great environment to go to Texas A&M and play a team that's hyper physical. They want to beat you in what we call the extras, like getting turnovers, offensive rebounds, get more shots than you. If you're not game for a battle, then then Texas A&M can kind of run you. And I, I just don't know that Arkansas has that in them right now. So I, I like A&M, like you said, getting the revenge, kind of the buy low spot off two losses back home. I, I like the Aggies there, even laying double digits. Good game out West late night. If you want to stay up, um, San Francisco at St. Mary's. I, I, this is a revenge game um, for San Francisco, but you're on the road tonight. St. Mary's won that one um, earlier in the season pretty handily. Can the Dons keep things close? And I don't know. I, I just from a stylistic lens, I'm really concerned about San Francisco and how they score. St. Mary's is so disciplined defensively. They're a little like Creighton where they want to only play ball screens with two defenders. They don't help off shooters. They don't give you open threes. 
So you need like really brilliant ball handling creators to score against them. Guys that can, you know, get in that mid range, hit a teardrop or hit a pull up jumper. I don't think that's really what San Francisco has. And I think that's why they struggled to score in that first matchup. Now I, I'm not going to lay it with St. Mary's cause they're missing Joshua Jefferson. He's out indefinitely, arguably their third best player this year. They're their most versatile athletic forward. They, they kind of are a little more wing heavy without him. He's out indefinitely with a, a knee injury. So I'm not going to lay it with St. Mary's, but, the style and the matchup is enough to just kind of make me wary about back in San Francisco there. Yeah, we saw that number come down from eight down to six and a half. And that's where we saw some buyback on St. Mary's um, there at seven. That's kind of where the market is floating now. How about the Mac? And uh, I haven't bet the Mac a whole lot this year, but you've got your eye on this Ohio Kent State matchup tonight. Yeah, yeah. Taking another uh, home team land and it's much, much closer spread here. Minus three and a half. Uh, but I, I just think the Bobcats have been trending up. They had some injuries early in the year. They've gotten guys back in the rotation, Miles Brown most notably. And then Kent State has been a little bit of a mess. One of the preseason you know, top three-ish teams in this conference have not lived up to that uh, expectation at all. They've been messing with their lineups. Chris Payton was supposed to be like potentially preseason player of the year in this league, and he's been coming off the bench, playing less than 20 minutes a game. It seems like Rob Senderoff just isn't satisfied with his team there. Now, they did just blow out uh, Northern Illinois over the weekend by 38. Oh. And Ohio's lost lost a couple tough road games in a row. But again, I see this as kind of, all right, you get a little bit of inflated value there because of that monster win uh, that Kent State had. And then two tough, tough road losses. I mean, Ohio losing by two at, at Toledo is no no small effort. Yeah. I, I was very impressed by that. So getting them back home off those, those road losses against a team that maybe uh, is feeling itself a little too much off a blowout. I like Ohio there, uh, minus three and a half. Good stuff. Jim Root, three-man weave. Follow him on social media at Second Chance Points. Always great to check in with you, pal. Yeah, appreciate it, man. A lot of great hoops coming up. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait, man. It's, oh, it's, it's yeah. our month. It's our time. This is our month. And again, if you don't follow Jim and his work, they do such a great job handicapping, not just the top of the heap. Every team on the docket is, uh, is certainly something to be said. Don't forget the Mac, too. They love to score points there in that conference. Great stuff, Jim. Um, on the other side, we have a new uh, mock draft from Daniel Jeremiah, great NFL analyst, revealing part two of his very long saga of mock drafts. We'll check in and maybe I'll disagree. Maybe I'll agree. Numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Oh, you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball. The VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com. Thank you very much. I dropped my pen during that read, and Kelly throws... Look, that's a great producer right there. Throws me a pen mid-read. Look at that. Plus full access to our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game, VEASAN.com slash pro subscribe today. What do you got? Bro? I'm getting that one back, though. Okay, yeah. Well, you can have it back. because I, I, So as I was doing the read, I, gra- I reached into my bag and grabbed the pen out. Um, so I'm a fidgeter. I, I like to fidget. It is called nervous energy. When I'm hosting a show, it's like duck on the water, right? Duck on the pond. Up here, it looks very calm and normal. Underneath, it's like... <laughs> and my hands, I'm a fidgeter. I, I fidget. So sometimes I'll be throwing my pen around to like, toss it across the room. Yeah, you just tossed um, it across the bar. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere <laughs> down here. I'll, I'll get it later. Um, all right. We can't use our hands for this next segment, though. Oh, Only feet. Feet only, because we're bringing in Paul Carr, of course, does a great job for True Media Sports, the Expected Value Podcast, and The Ringer, um, covering the beautiful game of football. We call it soccer here in the States, but you still call it football, right, Paul? <laughs> I call it soccer. Look, I was born and raised in America. I don't get bent out of shape over what people call it. We're all talking about the same thing. We know what we're talking about. Everyone just kind of get over yourself a little bit. Ah, so refreshing to hear a soccer guy say, screw the football people. We're calling it soccer. Right. Um, all right. So right. we have the Champions League. Uh, it is the round of 16 today, leg one. And some of that might be French or German or one of the other uh, languages for you if you're not familiar with the sport. So first, fill me in on what the Champions League is and then talk about the difference between leg one and leg two and why that matters today. I always equate it to the NCAA tournament in the sense that you're taking the best teams from all the leagues in Europe and put them in one big tournament. The difference is that it's stretched out over the course of the whole season instead of jammed into one month in March. So they have the group stage in the fall, September through December, and now the knockout stage has started up. And the first three knockout rounds are all two legs. So you play one game at home of one team, one game at home of the other team, and it's total score, aggregate score, uh, as they call it. Most goals advances. So historically, the first legs have tended to be more conservative. Now they changed the rules a couple of years ago so that away goals don't count double. That's not the first tiebreaker. So we don't have, you know, as, as much data apples to apples wise to, you know, really calculate that. But the general rule is that these first legs are a little more cautious because, you know, you can't win in the first leg, but you could lose if you, you know, lose by four goals or something. The second leg's basically dead already. So that's kind of the general philosophy that people will take when attacking these first legs. And it certainly helps today. Of course, this being leg one, everyone is on a clean slate. So we don't have to worry about the aggregate score. But when we get to the next leg, um, what happened in the first leg absolutely becomes part of the handicap. But again, that is not something we have to worry about today. But let's get to the two matchups today. These start um, in a few hours. Again, these are afternoon, uh, even morning time, depending on uh, where where you kind of are slated in the time zones there. Um, Inter out of Serie A and Atletico Madrid out of La Liga matchup today. What do we got here? 
I'm very high on Inter for this whole tournament. They're a runner-up last year. They're arguably the second best team going in Europe right now. They're just dominating Italy on the whole. They've won eight straight games, only two losses all season. And their offense is really good and their defense is really good. They've only given up 12 goals in the league this year. That's the fewest in any of the top five leagues in 20, 25 games or so. Uh, at home, only six goals allowed in 12 home games, six straight home shutouts. So just a very strong defensive team that can also score. Uh, so to me, that adds up to, I like Inter Milan win to nil today. So win via shutout at plus 180. Uh, some books, you may have to like parlay this as an Inter win and both teams to score no. A lot of them will just have the straight up win to nil option as well. That should be in this price range. Um, Atletico is, they're a decent team. They're not as good as they were two, three years ago when they won the La Liga title. Uh, so I think Inter's just by far the better team here. And at home, they don't concede goals. I think they win this one without conceding. Mm. Yeah, the the Tenille bets are always interesting to me. Um, people get confused mm-hmm. by that, but it's just that team to win via a shutout. Shut um, and it's, yep. it is a fantastic handicap if, if, if you think the defensive-minded club is going to um, prevail. Um, the other matchup today is, is an interesting one. You think this one could be high scoring. PSV plays in the Netherlands region um, and Dortmund um, out of, I believe, the Bundesliga, correct? Correct. Yeah. As soon as, and I was saying, you know, low scoring first legs is the general tendency. <laughs> this one, I just don't see it. So PSV is rolling in Netherlands. They're in first place. They scored 70 goals and only conceded 10. Now the Dutch league is notorious for being high scoring. So, but it's still an impressive number really on both sides for them. Uh, only two losses all season for PSV. Uh, and Dortmund is, you know, they're a top four ish Bundesliga team that isn't very good defensively. They're middle of the pack in the Bundesliga defensively, uh, but pretty good offensively as Dortmund usually is. Both these teams tend to kind of the best defense is a good offense type of philosophy. So I played over two and a half at minus 145. Obviously that's pretty juicy, but it's just hard to see this one being a tight game, uh, given all the people involved. Uh, if you want to, if you're feeling bold, you want to play over three and a half around plus 175. I don't mind it. Or if you're in a parlay spot over two and a half and both teams to score gets you closer to even money. So I think any of those are viable options. I kind of played a little more conservatively here over two and a half minus 145. Good stuff. And the uh, Champions League continues tomorrow. Of course, two more um, a round of 16 matches. The first one, a, a, a team, a lot of, uh, you know, casual soccer fans might be familiar with Arsenal from the English Premier League yeah. taking on FC Porto out of uh, the Portuguese league, right? I'm just basically Porto yeah. is in Portugal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good deduction there. Uh, yeah, Porto is a they're kind of a mid-major type of team okay. if you're equating to college basketball where, you know, last year they probably should have beaten Inter Milan in, in the knockout stage here, but just kind of got unlucky. So they have... Years where they're really good. They won Champions League back, gosh, almost 20 years ago now, I guess it was. But they're not quite at the peak of their mid-major powers here. Their their numbers, all their underlying numbers and their regular numbers, frankly, aren't as good as they were last year. They're third in uh, the Portuguese League, a good distance uh, off the pace right now. And Arsenal is, again, they're one of the top two, three teams in Europe so far. They're not, maybe not quite at Man City's level, but their defense is better. They're really just built on having the ball and not letting the other team score. And since Porto's not scoring like they were last year and in previous seasons, I think, you know, this game will go that way where Arsenal, they're going to get some goals. You know, they put up five on Burnley uh, over the weekend and I don't think they let Porto get one. So uh, again, go back to the win to nil. Well, plus 180, it's the same price here. Uh, Arsenal's on the road. There's a bigger gap between these two teams 
than there is in the first matchup we talked about, but Arsenal's on the road, so the price is still similar. So yeah, Arsenal win to nil, plus 180, best defensive team really in Europe so far this season. I think that that is the dominant storyline here. The other matchup you don't have a play on, but Napoli and mm-hmm. FC Barcelona, again, especially Barcelona, <laughs> a, a team that a lot of uh, casual soccer fans might be familiar with. Um, a- any vibe for you on this game? This is the old, you know, to use Gill's Megapod standard. I want no part of this game. <laughs> if you told me either team won like 4-0, I'd be like, yeah, okay. And if somehow it's ended like 0-0, wouldn't really shock me either. Uh, Napoli won Serie A last year, but they're really kind of a mess right now. I think they're in ninth place, even though their underlying numbers suggest they should be in the top three or four. Uh, and Barcelona's scuffling too. They got a lot of injuries. Gavi, probably maybe their best player in the midfield is out. Their defense is kind of a mess. Just a lot of moving parts. Lewandowski's getting older and not scoring like he was. So they're both different degrees of a mess right now. And I have no idea what to expect from this one. So it's a stay away from me. The Champions League futures market is alive and well. I see Arsenal here plus 550 again. They they do play uh, tomorrow. But for the most part, Man City is is kind of the dominant team at the top. Is it a yeah. is it a collision course uh, for Manchester City to win this thing? Or do you think one of these other teams, you got Bayern Munich right there, Real Madrid also kind of within shouting distance and then a little further down the list, PSG and Inter. Yeah, I mean, Man City is definitely, I mean, they're the number one team here. No one's going to argue with that. Beyond that, it's a little bit murky because even if you think City is a little susceptible, especially if there's an injury, like who you're going to take is, you know, very debatable. I like Inter on the long shot here. I played them at plus 1800 a week or two ago. So you might be able to find a better price than the, the plus 14 or so. But that's that's the one I like. They have a little bit of a tough matchup here with Atletico, but I think they'll get through this. And I really think they're just playing so well. I think they're, the second best team in Europe, like I said, right now. So getting, you know, plus 14, 16, 1800, whatever you can find on that. That's the way I would look if I'm looking for a future at this moment. Paul Carr, True Media Sports, the Expected Value Podcast and The Ringer does a great job covering the footy um, for us here on VC. And we appreciate the time, pal. Good luck today. Bad, Jared. Thank you. Good stuff. Arsenal to nil, Inter to nil, and the PSV Dortmund over over the next couple days of uh, Champions League round of 16 leg one matches. Great stuff with the picks. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't bet Champions League yet, but I'm going to bet these today. Yeah, I love it. I'll probably be, uh, yeah, I'll be tailing Nothing Paul, else Paul to do here this today. afternoon, right? Uh, it's always the, well, Tuesday afternoon, it's yeah. always the handicap of golf for me. So it's great soccer yeah. on in the background. It's perfect. It's awesome. You got love a big, uh, you got a big golf tournament. What's the tournament this week? Mexico open. It's not going to be a so great it's, one this so week. So not a great one this week. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. take that back. Um, and then we go to Florida after that. So the we, Florida swing yeah. is when things really heat up, right? Arnold Palmer, Bay Hill, Players Championship, all of that on tap in the month of March before they... I love... My favorite thing is when they start playing the Masters theme song during the college basketball oh, yeah. CBS. Yeah. It just gets you right gets in the mood. Oh, it just... It's so great. Um, I love the niche sports. The soccers, the golfs. You, you know, you really find those people that understand it. Paul Carr does a great job. All right, we'll wrap up a numbers game on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.